everybody. What's going on today? It's Rebecca Yusan with EXP Realty, and I'm so excited to introduce to you today's guest, Thomas Wartman. Thomas is so cool. I have been watching him on TikTok for, I, I think it's been about a month now. Um, our algorithms matched up, and he's been testing out TikTok. He wanted to know if it would actually work for him and his business. And he's been doing really well. He's been posting on it every day religiously, I think. At least he comes up on my TikTok every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hoping he's going to be able to share um, a little more about that. But before that, Thomas, welcome. Thank well, you. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. I'm happy to be here. So awesome. Fun. So, all right, we want we want to know a couple things about you, Thomas. So, first of all, how long have you been a licensed realtor? So, I got my license at the end of 2018. So, it hasn't been that long. Okay. Um, and before that, I worked in the restaurant industry. No kidding. What yes. were you doing? Yes, I was a chef. A chef. Yeah. How yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So what happened that made you decide, you know what? Forget this cooking thing. Well, being a chef is much more than cooking. Sure. Um, but forget this. I'm getting into real estate. Like what happened? Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to um, be in real estate from college. Uh, coming out of college, I wanted to be uh, a developer. And then um, just sort of never, I guess, really, I just never had anyone who was in real estate in my life to say, it's very easy. All you have to do is study for three months and you can be a real estate agent. Um, no, one, no one ever told me that. Okay. So I just kind of meandered around and um, uh, cooking is something and food is something that I was really uh, passionate about and wine. And, um, and so I thought that would be a nice lifestyle business where I might not make a lot of money, but I would always be eating and drinking really well. And so that seemed like good enough. I'll take that deal. Um, and so, uh, so I got into that. My parents ended up, um, uh, actually purchasing a, uh, a small inn in Northern California. And, um, I had some rest restaurant experience. Yeah. Down, uh, uh, so I had some restaurant experience at that time and um, and then went to work with them as their head chef and um, did that for four or five years. And um, uh, eventually things were just kind of coming to the end of that time of my life. And I wanted to make more money and I wanted to have more um, flexible hours and I wanted to spend more time with my um, significant other and have a family and um, uh, and so real estate just sort of became like okay I think this is a good option for me and I uh, was able to take a test and um, pass and became real estate awesome I love it so tell me which markets you serve where so are I, you I am in Del Norte County which is the furthest northern county on the coast in California Wow. Uh, it's a populous, very small population of 28,000 people in the whole county. And uh, I live in a little town called Gasky, a uh, beautiful little river town. We have like 550 people here. Uh, the main town is called Crescent City. Um, and there's about 8,500 people in Crescent City. So 
It's a small uh, community, um, but it's absolutely gorgeous. We have Redwood National Park is here. Uh, so we get a lot of tourism coming through for uh, the ocean and Redwood National uh, hikers to go look at the trees. And um, yeah, we absolutely love living here. Um, and um, it's been, you know, probably one of the better decisions in my life to move down here for sure. Oh, so you lived somewhere else before? Yeah, I was in Portland. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Okay, so tell me, um, since you've been in real estate since 2018, I'm guessing you've done a few deals. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about your first deal. Um, What was it like? What was your favorite part? What was your least favorite part? Do you remember? Well, I have to remember, I think... um, well, first deal came from a friend of a friend. Ooh, a referral. And a uh, referral on that. So a friend of a friend. And um, uh, it was a land deal Ooh. and uh, all cash. And so I was working with, um, uh, it was a big party. So it was like the, the son-in-law, the dad, he had the money. Uh, and then there were two wives involved. And, um, you know, obviously when you do your first deal, you try and get as much help as you can, but you don't really know. I remember, you know, I sent off my first contract and the agent sent it back to me because I didn't have the date on it. And, um, (laughs) you know, and just like working DocuSign and just being so nervous about getting every signature and so nervous that the clients thought I was an idiot because I couldn't, you know, I forgot one of their names on the DocuSign or something like that. And um, uh, and then a funny story then also is that at the very end, um, I don't even know if I want to tell a part of the story, but um, <laughs> okay. anyway, we got the deal done, obviously, and um, it was it was it was great. So it was a great way to get it going. Um, but I really came out really strong right away. So I already had a couple other deals going by the time that that ended. And, um, and so, yeah, I've been, so anyway, so it's been a, it's been a fun ride, but even still, you know, four years into it, I think back at some of the decisions that I made, not decisions, but just some of the conversations that I had with clients six months ago and how I would have handled those, those, those conversations so much differently, um, even now. So, you know, it just seems for me still, I'm very much still learning all the time, learning how to have. Um, you know, have this relationship with your clients where you are, um, you are very much their servant in a lot of ways, you know, you're obedient to them and what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to be in control over the situation. You have to be in control over the escrow. You have to be control over uh, your uh, documents and disclosures. And, um, and you have to be an advisor to make sure that your clients are um, understanding what they are actually trying to do and understanding what your role is as an agent for them. So mm-hmm. uh, learning what, learning how to talk to those, to, to my clients in that way, um, it's been really fun for me. Um, and also just get more, just get better at communicating, clear communication with my clients. Um, so I've enjoyed that quite a bit. I love it. 
Yeah. Yep. So tell me about that first year. So probably starting in 2019. Yeah, exactly. What was it it like? Was it what you thought it was going to be? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, I remember, you know, well, first, so it's the first time that I really had time in just an office. So um, just getting used to, not getting used to, but getting used to is the right word, but I remember I did a lot of personal paperwork, okay, because I was in an office, and so I was just like getting, you know, things that I had not taken care of, taken care of. So, you know, taxes, uh, doing my books, just kind of just busying myself. Um, uh, So I remember doing a lot of that. Uh, And then once I was able to get linked up with, um, so the Zillow, um, they, they had an opening and I got a couple, uh, it was like $350 I was spending okay. a month or something. And, and then the phone started ringing. And so that's when things really started to pick up for me as far as like people calling me and getting to, um, practice, just talking with clients, okay. uh, following up, um, learning how to, um, you know, be a real estate agent. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, more momentum sort of started to build with other referrals um, from my sphere of just friends and family that I had. And I was able to put together a pretty good first year um, that I was happy with. And, and the, whole, the whole time though, I remember thinking that there was always this, I, this pressure that this might not work. This might actually not be a viable plan for me and my family. Yep. Uh, And so there was a lot of pressure on me to just kind of prove that you could become a real estate agent in Delnor County and be successful. Um, So after the first year, I felt like I had built a lot of momentum. And then my second year, it's kind of um, uh, followed up after that. We did have... um, the you know covid that happened which really breaks on things for three months or so and so that was a little nerve-wracking like oh this is maybe we're done here um for a while um and then and then the boom you know right after covid that we all experienced which was just crazy um and so those so so that's you know that's kind of the the and then and then now we have a new transition to a little bit of a lull. I don't know if it's where if it's happening where you are, but it's yeah. happening where we are. Um, we kind of have this imbalance in the market where sellers are still expecting one thing and buyers can no longer afford that thing anymore. And so we are waiting for that to equalize out. Um, and uh, and so now we have a new transition um, that I'm getting to deal with now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's around most of the country. So yeah. it should be interesting to see what's coming. Absolutely. So, okay. So when you're new, I always say you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Was there ever a time that you had to do something maybe to make a deal work that made you question your judgment? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, well, my very, uh, my second deal, um, was a, uh, dual agency. Oh. And so, um, 
And those are legal in California. I know some states they're not allowed. No, nope, um, Florida is not allowed. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it was a dual agency. And so that was really more of just like, I ha- I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm doing it at the same time for two different people. Yes. And, um, and I remember my file, like I just, I couldn't, I was still learning what the documents were. And so I didn't know which side of the file that they were supposed to, you know, go on. And so I just remember that whole time of just like the file was just like eating me up because they didn't, you know, and, and especially coming from restaurant world, um, I just had never done with, I just had never, uh, I had never practiced, you know, using email and getting files off of email, saving them in the correct space. I mean, the last time that I did that was like, you know, in college for papers that I was writing or something. Yes. Or like save final, final draft one, you know, like that sort of thing. Uh, and so that was the, you know, that was a, a, a good learning experience for that. Um, as far as like, you know, ethical decision-making, I think that the, the hardest thing to learn, not the hardest thing, but one of the things I did learn is that as a new agent, you're so desperate for money. Yeah. You want to save every deal and you don't, I think it can become tempting to maybe not reveal as much information as you should or to try and um, filter what you're saying to not scare off your clients uh, to try and keep the deal going. And every single time that I have, that has sort of, maybe I could have been clear with my clients as to what was going on. It immediately came up and it just got exposed to the light of this is what's happening. You can't hide this stuff and you should not try to hide the stuff to save the deal at all. Um, It's very silly and dumb. And so I think as a new agent, um, if I was giving advice to a new agent on that topic, I would say, without a doubt, you cannot worry about losing a deal. You just cannot worry about it. More deals will come. Do not worry about losing your deal. Do not worry about, do not think about that paycheck. Do not think about the money that's coming in. Be the best agent that you can be. Be as clear and as honest as you can be with your clients. Yep. Um, and that is the best practice. And the sooner you get over that fear of losing your clients, your job becomes so much easier and so much less stressful. Um, mm-hmm. Than a uh, 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 car accident, actually. Um, two summers ago. Aww. And then... Um, I was laid up for like uh, a month. And I had three escrows going at the time and uh, all of them canceled their escrows for uh, various reasons. Nothing to do with the car accident, but just various reasons. One person didn't like the house. Well, you know, anyway, too much work to do in one house. The inspection came back bad. Um, another house had sort of a border um, 
property boundary, sorry, property boundary issue. Um, and I can't remember the other one. And, uh, and I didn't care because I couldn't do anything about it. And I was on pain medication. And, <laughs> and it was like, what, if, what am I going to do? There's nothing I can do. So I didn't even, like, it didn't bother me at all. And, and I was able to kind of take that with me as I continued on for, you know, since that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bummed if a deal doesn't fall through, but... Always. Always. However, it fell through for a reason. And it's probably a good reason that it fell through. It's certainly not because I did anything. There was nothing I could do to save the deal. Yeah. Oftentimes, when I have tried to save deals by, um, you know, like lowering my commission a few points to try and like uh, make the cash finances work out, um, it's a nice thing to do every once in a while. But more often than not, my clients are like, don't do that. That's silly. Either we're going to buy the house or we're not going to buy the house. It's like a few, you know, 500 bucks isn't going to make the difference. Um, and uh, so anyway, so like I said, it's a nice gesture if that's how you want to run your business. And if you feel like that's what this person really needs. Um, but I don't think it's a good practice. And uh, like I said, just being not afraid to lose the deal. If the deal goes away, it was for a reason. And, and, and that's what I try and tell my clients too, that um, especially when everything was getting so crazy uh, with the, you know, with offers and stuff that, you know, this is a big, this is the biggest purchase of your life. And it is a lot of money and that we need to go forward with the best hope in mind that this is going to work out for us. If you like the house, but we need to be open-minded that it might not be the right fit. And we need to start looking in another direction. We can't get caught up in the frenzy of wanting to get the house. Mm-hmm. We really need to just be, have a peace about us when we are um, making these decisions and uh, making sure that we're, we're doing what's right and what makes sense. Yep. And that's how you build a lifelong business. When you really are looking at your clients and their best interest and they see that and they feel that, and that's how you get referrals. And like I said, lifelong clients. So good job. I'm so glad you understand that. (laughs) Some people don't. So good for you. So this business can be so up and down. And if you're laid up in a bed after an accident, there's nothing you can do. So has there ever been a time when you've said, that is it, I'm done, I'm ripping up my license, this is not for me? Did that ever happen to you? Not yet. Uh, So I really, I really enjoy the business and, um, uh, you know, every deal is different. And um, I love seeing clients happy. And I think I like the amount of reward that you get for being a good real estate agent. And um, so, no. Uh, the other game changer, though, that I ha- that happened to me is that since I came on board with EXP, I got a TC, a transaction coordinator. Awesome. And so that is just a game changer. Um, and I really recommend every agent have a transaction coordinator there's really no reason why you should be running your own files um and my 
broker before exp you know he wanted to make sure that we knew how to do our files in case we had to um, but even then i don't know if i would recommend that to a new agent i think having the tc really is the way to go and just be having clear communication with that tc um, so you can build the habits of working with your tc from the very beginning and have your tc be the one who is showing you how to run your file so he or she can give you um set you up with the system that's going to be successful for her and for you um, mm -hmm. opposed to learning a bunch of terrible habits on how to run your files and then you get your tc and now you get to put her through all of your terrible habits of running your files. <laughs> yes. so i think that is the the best strategy but yeah i think keeping the, for me again just becoming not from a corporate world or having any kind of office experience um the files of being a real estate agent was the most difficult part and now that i have the it's done so yeah, and it, yeah so. good for you yeah so it can take a while to figure out what your niche is going to be um some people it takes years some people they figure it out right away what has been your focus like if i could just work with these clients i would be living in heaven mm. do you have that yeah, so I have um, a couple of clients that are uh, investor developers. And if I could have 10 investor developer clients, I think that would just be a great way to build a business. Uh, because, you know, they're doing multiple deals a year. Um, but also now it's like I am, uh, because they're doing multiple deals a year, because I'm getting to know them as clients and as people, I really feel like I'm a part of their team. And I like that feeling uh, where they are, you know, they are a business under themselves and I'm a little part of their business um, that I can be helpful to them and we can talk and brainstorm about different ideas or different projects. But also I can learn a tremendous amount from these people as well. So I can learn about how they're negotiating one because you know with with investment or with these particular investment clients you know they're very much in control of their negotiation process i'm not leading them down a road like i would with my um with my residential single family buyers where yeah. I'm, here are your options of how i would we would negotiate this price with them they already have a strategy that they are employing so i'm getting to learn from them in that way um, I'm also getting to learn from them on what they think a good deal is or what's a bad deal um, and just sort of how they see the world from an investor's point of view um, and a successful investor. So if I could have 10 more of those, um, I would that would be really, really happy. I like being a part yeah. of it. I like having that collaborative process. I also, like I said, I like to be able to be focused in on um, their needs and look at the market through their eyes. like. Oh, here's uh, some raw land that came available. I know exactly who that's for. I'm going to call them up and, and see if we can get that done. Um, and um, so, yeah, that would be, I, I'd like that. I love it. I, you seem like you're a very detail-oriented person. So I see why that would be fun for you. Yeah. 
Whereas I am not, I'm a feely person and I've worked with investors and I hate it because they only want to know what the numbers are. They don't care about their emotion, but I love it when my clients are super excited and they're crying and (laughs) they want to have a party. Like I crave that. So there's so many different ways you can build your business. And if you know your personality you and use that, you can do well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like, you know, I don't get me wrong. I love making people happy and, uh, you know, people who get to buy their first home and they feel like, um, you know, they were like, I think for, for people who, when they're going to buy their first home, like what, you don't really remember your escrow at all, right? It's not, it it just happens to you because you don't know, you don't have a language to understand all of the definitions to like put together a narrative for what has just happened to me during this process. It's just people are just sending you things and you're signing and that's it. And at the end you get a house. Yeah. And so working with first time home buyers, I, I really enjoy the process of making them feel like they are empowered, that this is something that you guys are doing and it is uh, something that's gonna be beneficial for your family. And it is gonna make you feel like we did something really hard and we got it done and we feel confident in knowing that we knew exactly what we were doing as it was happening. It wasn't just like running over us and at the end you get a house. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I love that too. That's awesome. So if you were going to going back to 2018, when you passed your test and you're just getting started, knowing what you know now, what would you tell Thomas back in 2018? Uh, I think, well, one, it's going to work out. So you don't, have to, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry, you know, so much about it not working out. Um, one, it's going to work out. You're going to do fine. You're going to be successful at this. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think on, on, other than that, I mean, everything else you have to kind of learn along the way. Like I said, like I said before, I mean, don't stress about losing deals. It happens to everyone. It's not a big deal and it happens for a reason. Um, another one, but again, this is just kind of common advice. If you have bad feelings about a client, like just not really working out, everything just continues. It doesn't. At least for me, it seems like it's almost like a, um, uh, like a ritual or like a, like a, like a, a spell isn't the right word, but you are in a dance with this person. And if you stumble a few times, if there's some weird stumbling in the beginning, it really takes a long time before you can get back into rhythm, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's better just to, walk away or go another place. Um, uh, another thing I think is that I think it's really easy to wait at least a lot of time is not the right word, but as a new agent, you just are kind of, you're trying to work because you don't actually have any work. Yes. Trying to work. And, um, and I think that's can be good too or bad. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I do remember that feeling. Of, I just desperately wanted something to happen. So, um, and I, I think maybe that time could be spent doing something else. But 
I really don't know. When you're new, you just don't have anyone to call. You you know, you're going to call aunt or, you know, your cousin. I have a lot of family in town. So you call them up and be like, hey, I'm a real estate agent now. Like, how are you doing? I mean, that's, I always had a tough time with, with that. I was like, oh, the only reason I'm calling you is because I have nothing else to do. Yeah. It's awkward yeah. for sure. <laughs> so you have made a commitment to be a social media king, right? Huh. So you said you were going to post on TikTok every day for 60 days. Yeah, until um, EXPCon. Until EXPCon yep. in October. Yep. So that's impressive to me because agents all the time say, well, I want to do video, but they never start. They just, they just keep saying, I want, I want, I want, but they never do. So what is your advice to those agents that really want to start doing video, but they just can't push play? What got you over that fear? Well, I think one, I set aside, a, I, I created time. So I had time, unfortunately, late at night. So uh, my kids go to bed at about 8.15 and then my wife goes to bed at around 9.30, And so once she goes to bed, I go into my office and make videos. Uh-huh. And so I dedicated two hours a night. So it was a sacrifice because that's the only time that I felt like I had. I had two hours in the evening where I can do work and I'm alone and I can do whatever I want to do. And so that would be one is just like set aside the time and then and make sure it's a realistic time. Like there w- the only other thing I could be doing at that time if I wasn't sleeping would be like sitting on my couch drinking wine looking at Twitter. And so drinking wine part, I'm in on that one. (laughs) So like there was nothing productive that was happening anyway. So Mm -hmm. I took an unproductive time, made it productive, and um so that was that was one. Two, I allowed myself the ability or allowed myself the grace to say, this is not gonna be perfect. I don't know what I'm doing. I am on an exploration adventure. So, and I tried to make things as nice as I could. So in the beginning, I just stopped. I wore the same shirt every single time. So I just had my shirt just sitting over there. And so I didn't have to worry about what I was wearing or try and get self-conscious about my outfit or anything like that. Um, I was like, there's the shirt. Uh, When I'm ready to record the video, I put on the shirt. Now I got my shirt, I can go. Um, I got, you know, a little bit of kind of lighting things set up, um, so that I did feel confident, um, because that is one thing. It's like, if you're trying to start something new, me, I try to have as many little details as I can to give me a little bit more, as many details as I can looking nice to give me a little bit more confidence to be able to do it. And, um, and so I think, cause, and again, that could just be my personality but i'm sure other people are like this where it's like it's such a way to have an excuse that oh well this doesn't look good behind me or oh i don't like what i'm wearing or i don't like the way my face looks or whatever so i'm not gonna do it um so solving those little issues um was big that was a big key to it as well 
Um, and then third was just really getting excited about the commitment that it was not only was I on exploration and journey, but I was just committing to myself that I was going to do this no matter what sort of results were gonna were gonna take place and i just learned a short enough amount of time that if i didn't commit to this short amount of time like i'm saying i'm gonna post every day for a year but um it was six months i was like you can do this and if you don't do this then you just failed yourself and for no reason at all there was yep. nothing that was stopping you from doing it i had to I had the shirt, <laughs> I had the space, I was ready to go. So, um, so that would be my, those were probably the three things. I think the biggest one is just being realistic about how much time you have and where can you set it <clears throat> aside because you are learning how to do something. You can't just, it won't just automatically happen. You have to learn how to do it. So you need to have the headspace to learn how to do it. I, I'm watching you on your TikToks because you're being honest and I'm watching you grow in your content and you're finding your talking points that match you. So the more you've been doing it, the more you've become you and you feel more comfortable sharing that. And I oh, think well, that's you. that's how you attract a huge audience. So, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I thought you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's working. So I'm really proud of you, and I'm gonna definitely continue watching. Oh, good. So, you know, TikTok is such a. Um, I don't. TikTok is bizarre. I mean, one. I mean, one of the things that I. Uh, well, what like. I think one of another, uh, here's another piece of advice I think that I would give for people too, is don't look at TikTok if you're trying to produce stuff for TikTok. Uh, or look at it very rarely and try, and if you are looking at it, look at it for things you can steal or things that you like or, or ask yourself, why do I like this person's content? Um, because I know I get very extremely self-conscious whenever I start looking at TikTok too much because I start analyzing it into what the audience is thinking of me. And that I think kind of, uh, it just, it shuts me down. Okay. Where it's like, man, this thing is so silly and there's so much nonsense going on. What, what do I, what am I doing here? You know, like I'm just a part of this, I'm just part of this noise that's just being yeah. just out. And uh, so that, so that's been something for me too, where it's like, if I, I really lose a lot of motivation to do the videos when I'm looking at TikTok too much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, maybe you're just maybe more positive than I am. I'm usually a pretty positive person, but I'll come across realtor TikToks that I'm like, really? Like, this is what you're putting out there. You're dumb. Next, next, next. So, um, yeah. The realtor so TikTok game is tough. I mean, it's really <laughs> tough. It is. Uh, you have like, um, you know, like the people who um, uh, make the like the voiceover videos. Uh-huh. And those are cute and, and fun, um, but they're not really like selling real estate. I guess it's just sort of showing that your personality, that you're like a fun person. Um, and then you have, like I said before, you have the billboard where you're just like, Hey, I'm a realtor. 
call me if you want to buy or sell a home. So you have billboard, TikTok, um, and then the, the house tours, TikTok, which um, can be cool, but I don't know if that is the venue for, I don't think people, I don't think people think that's interesting on TikTok. Um, I do not. And uh, I really think the thing for TikTok is, uh, is you building some sort of suspense. Ooh, yeah. So you like come out with something and then you have to like try and, um, and, and make people want to see what happens next. I think those are the most successful TikToks. Um, uh, cooking actually is a really success. It seems like there's a lot of people who are very successful on TikTok with cooking videos. And I tend to watch the cooking videos if they're edited well. Okay. Um, uh, but so my, my format- you can combine the cooking I was thinking that, I don't know. Because my, my format and what I wanted to do is I'm just one take I talk for a minute to a minute and a half and then yep. I'm done. Yep. And in the beginning, it took me, you know, the whole two hours to get out that one 90 second take. Oh my God. And now it's not that. So I do one to figure out what I'm trying to say. Okay. So I got an idea. I'll go, what am I actually trying to say? Take a few notes, go again. And then by the third or fourth time, I can get it all the way through the end. Yeah. Um, but with, again, with TikTok, just getting it posted really is the most important thing. And then, so I, okay, Gary V, uh, he talks about the three elements of social media is speed, quantity, and then quality. And so speed, meaning that you're just getting it done, get it out there, get it done. Um, sorry, not quantity, consistency, consistency. Is never so be consistent. So I'm going to set the time I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. And then the third one is quality. So but quality takes time because quality is your craft. So it takes time for the quality to really develop. As you were saying, it find out what actually what actually is my niche what actually am i trying to do here what makes sense for me what is something that i look forward to doing and then how can i craft it in a way that's going to be enjoyable for other people to watch and i think that the quality takes time speed and consistency anybody can do and you can get followers and you can get momentum with just speed and consistency mm-hmm. but the quality that actually is you're actually becoming a uh, a, a videographer or, or whatever to you're actually honing the craft of making videos on TikTok that are enjoyable for people to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. takes time, and that's yeah. why I think those like mimicking uh, realtor videos uh, and other people do them too, not just realtors. But <laughs> it's a way to kind of steal. Um, it's a way to make something that's entertaining for people. It's obviously entertaining, like people wouldn't do them. It's a way to make something that's entertaining that you can just you just copy. You don't have to have a craft in doing those mimicry videos. Um, and so that's a good technique for people to use if they, if they like that. I don't know if it works so well with... Well, some, I was going to say, I don't know if it works so well with men realtors, but there, sure. are, there are dudes that do it too. There are. And they're successful and they have lots of followers. I know. So yeah. I, the key is find out where you're good at and yeah, just keep doing it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what do you what do you what do you do on your TikTok? Do you do the realtor videos? I do tips. So tips. I'll do a real estate agent tip and then a real estate tip. Okay. And that's it's uh, sixty seconds, and that's it. And sometimes Which, I'll throw in some lifestyle things or something of my dog or a trip that I had, things like, or I'll do the voiceovers. Yeah. So, yeah. What's your um, uh, and do you have a posting schedule? Um, I try to do every day. Just every day. Um, like it's at some point in the day, I go in the corner back there and do a video. Or if I have in the car, I'll try to do it in the car just somewhere. But that's my goal every day to do those two. two. It's a reel. I do it as a reel through Instagram and then get it to TikTok. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah that's cool well what i think so there's a woman real estate agent i don't know her name um but uh she has uh really big i think it's red hair (laughs) anyway i don't know who that is she is yeah it's a good description right and she but she's got like like if you google top real estate people on tiktok she comes up and she is almost like turning herself into a, um, not like a travel show, but like she's, she's becoming like a TV show in 60 seconds. And, um, and I think that is the, I think that's sort of a, a course to go on and something that I've thought about a lot and I just haven't set, again, set aside the time to do it that would be helpful for people. Um, who are trying to generate content as a real estate agent is to think about what would your what would your TV show look like? Hmm. So instead of trying to, um, uh, yeah, that would be it. So what does your TV show look like? And especially for like where I live, having a travel like a travel agent, almost like an Anthony Bourdain kind of style show. Or that you know, it's not a show. It's only fifty seconds. But that—that's the feeling that you are—you're giving across to people. I love it. Agency show, and I think a lot of towns, and especially even if you were in a big city, um, or uh, a big like suburban area, you could still niche down into like just your local, your your little local neighborhood, and still find things that are interesting enough for people to create a show, like uh, you know. Um, four things to do in a weekend in wherever you live or like let's go to the library or whatever yeah so um i think that would be again something that people could do to kind of give you a little bit of a niche and and focus you in and so you don't feel like you're just you're just kind of grasping at what can i do to entertain people mm-hmm well thomas i'm loving all of this great information and i think you and i are going to have to get together again and do another in uh another uh interview on how to grow your tiktok how to grow your social media so we're gonna do that okay the end of the year because then your channel really will have time i hope so i hope so yeah so so how many followers do you have on tiktok i'm sorry Oh, not many. Okay. I don't, so, I'm sure I don't as many as you. Like well, I'm I, in the so, 200s. <laughs> okay. 
So I'm at I I'm, my goal is to hit a thousand by the end of September. Oh. And I think I think that. And so that was so I started in the first of August. So that was a thousand in two months. And I think that if I so for TikTok realtors, twelve hundred is really like the end of the middle class. I feel like oh. so. Um, and once you get above, so that's why I think real estate, which we was talking about, I think real estate for TikTok has uh, potential because if you were up to 5,000 people on TikTok as a realtor, you would be in the top 90%. Or, yeah, top 90%. Yeah, okay. easy, easy. So that's what we have to get far. to. So yeah, what are you at? So what did, what, what's that? What are you at? I'm at eight, 18 right now, and I'll get to a thousand. Yeah, I'll get to a thousand by the end of September, and then my goal is I think that I could be at five thousand in six months from the time I get to a thousand. Okay. So and we'll see if that we'll see if that math works out right, but that is the goal, and um, and so that's why I also think it's like this is such a long game. It's such a slow build. Um, I'm not gonna get any clients from this immediately but eventually i think it can start opening opening opportunities and opening doors um i couldn't agree more yeah so but it is it's a little bit it's not you're not focused on your cash flow when you are on tiktok as a real estate agent you are focused on something else. You're growing a personal brand yeah. that is then going to pay you later. Later. Yeah. That's right. Dividends for the rest of your yeah. life. I That's what we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, are you there? Are um, we done? How oh. things are going. But before that, we are going to meet in Las Vegas in October for EXPCon, and we are going to learn from the best of the best, right? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm so excited. We've never met in person, but hopefully we will get to. Yes. And um, yeah, so I will continue stalking you on TikTok and watching <laughs> your videos, and I will do more likes, I promise. Oh, well, thank and, you. And um, as you continue to grow, I'll be watching. Well, I will do the same. Thank you so much, Rebecca, and thank you for this opportunity. It was really, really fun to get to meet you and to it chat was about fun. this. And, uh, yes. you know, anytime, give me a call. Okay, sounds good. Well, you take care, Thomas, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye.